You go through a storm by pointing your faith straight toward him and seek his face. When David was afraid, he said, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. He pointed his faith toward God. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. In the storms of life, what you're focused on will decide your victory or defeat, whether you go down or go through. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today, we're continuing the series, Anchored, Steadfast in the Storms. And our walk with God focuses everything, and particularly in a stormy trial. Peter learned this so well when he stepped out of the boat and started walking on the water toward Jesus. As long as his eyes were focused on the Lord, he experienced the miracle of literally walking on the water. But the moment he turned his focus onto the wind and waves, Peter began to sink. We're going to see in today's message that focus is everything in your storm and how to fix your focus onto the Lord. So let's go right to part two of the message, the focus in your storm. Catch the last part of this verse. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. Hmm. That's the word of God. He's telling believers, don't have fellowship with demons. How do you do that? By fellowshipping with works of darkness. So we are called to be set aside unto God, sanctified unto Him. And see, whatever is true, the Bible says, honest, just, pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good report, if there's any virtue and any praise, think fellowship with on these things. Philippians 4.8. Fill your mind with good stuff. Get good and brainwashed. Come on, everybody. There's a bad kind of brainwashing and there's a good kind of brainwashing. When I open up the Bible and I read it every morning, I am washing my brain. I walk out the door good and brainwashed. Now, catch this. If we can fellowship with God and we can fellowship with the Lord Jesus and we can fellowship with the Holy Spirit, all people, and on the dark side, we can fellowship with the works of darkness and even demons, then we can certainly also fellowship with a storm an inanimate thing, but it's bringing a message to us. We do this. You say, well, how can I fellowship with a storm, Jeff? Here's how you do it. By listening to it, by agreeing with it, and by allowing it to rule your emotions. See, when I look at these disciples, all of a sudden this storm hits. Who had control of them? Did Jesus have control of them? Not at all. What had control of their emotions? The storm. What were they listening to? The storm. What were they communicating with? The storm. And there sat Jesus right in the boat, but they weren't communicating with him. They weren't talking to him. They were not in communion with him. They turned all of their focus and all of their attention onto the storm. And we do that so 
easily. They were listening to this storm. That storm had a message for them, and your storm has a message for you. That's what I'm wanting us to get today. Storms talk. They communicate, and they tell us things. They said to Jesus, Lord, we are perishing. Now, let me ask you a question. Where did they get that message? Where did they get the notion that they were perishing? They got it from their storm. That's what their storm was telling them. Their storm was telling them, you're going down for the last time. You're not going to make it to the other side. You're not going to fulfill the destiny that you set out to fulfill. You are not going to arrive. You're going down in the middle of your journey. This is it. It's curtains for you. This is your tombstone right here. And that's what storms tell us. Storms talk to us. And some of you are listening to a storm and you haven't been aware that you're listening to the voice of the storm instead of the voice of your Lord. They said, Lord, emphatically, we are perishing. And was that true? Was what they said true? I'm going to answer my own question. No, it was not true. It was not true. You know why it wasn't true? Because Jesus was in their boat with them. Jesus was in the boat. And when Jesus is in your boat, you're going to get to the other side of where he's taking you. Storms may come and storms may hinder, but Jesus is going to get you to the other side of what you set out to go to, what you set out to travel to. He is going to complete and perfect that which concerns you. Faithful is he who calls you, who also will do it. But look at what they're listening to. They're listening to the storm. Lord, we are perishing. But it wasn't true at all. They were speaking the message of the storm instead of the message of their faith. Now catch this. Because how you respond to your storm is going to decide how quickly you come out. See, if you listen to your storm and you agree with your storm and you, go to, you let your storm take you down... You just gave in to defeat. You just gave in to the wrong voice. Don't listen to the storm. Listen to the voice of God. Let me just say this today. Remember I said this. Make this a refrigerator sticker. In your storm, if you're listening, Jesus is talking. He's talking. He's talking to you. There's two voices going on, the voice of your storm and the voice of God. The storm was talking to these disciples, and they were listening. And not only did they listen, they agreed with the storm. They said to Jesus, we are emphatically, without doubt, beyond argument, we are perishing, Lord. They were convinced the storm's message was true. Amen. What about you today? You have a marital storm. You have a financial storm. You've got a temptation storm. And the enemy is coming against you and you feel so weak and you feel so defeated. And the storm is telling you, you're going down in the middle of the sea. You are not going to make it to the other side. You are not going to complete what you set out to do. Listen, I came today with a word from God to tell you, don't listen to the voice of your storm. Listen to the voice of God. So the second thing I learned here is that the voice of your storm never agrees with the voice of God. It doesn't. They are diametrically opposed, the voice of the storm and the voice of God. Storms deliver a message that does not align with God's promises. And this principle is all through the Bible. 
When the 12 spies, let me give you an example. When the 12 spies, Moses gathered them together, they've been traveling 40 years. This hurts me every time I preach this because they had been through 40 years of hell, 40 years of training, 40 years of failure and getting up again and failure and getting up again and, and living on manna and just believing for the day that they approached the Jordan and crossed the other side into the land of milk and honey. And they got there. And just over yonder, they can see across the Jordan the promised land. And Moses said, okay, I want 12 of you, 12 of you to go over and spy it out. 12 went over, spies to spy out the promised land. And the Bible says that when the 12 spies went over, 10 of the 12 listened to the storm instead of the voice of God. They focused on the storm of the swarm of giants that they saw. And they brought a report back to Moses. You know what they brought back to Moses and the people? The message of the storm and not the message of God. You know, I'm so particular in who I let speak into my life because I want somebody speaking into my life, not what the storm is saying, but what God is telling me in the storm. You got to be very careful who you let speak into your life because well-meaning people will bring to you the message of the storm instead of the message of God and help bring you down. I want somebody who's got the message of God. But these 10, 10 of the 12 came back, and here's what they said. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought about us too. They thought we looked like grasshoppers. They allowed the enemy to define them. I don't let any enemy define me. I let Jesus define me. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. They allowed the enemy to call them grasshoppers, Instead of mighty men of God, I don't let anybody define me but the Word of God and Jesus Himself. Follow me and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'm going to make you to become what I want you to be. I am not a grasshopper. I'm a man of God walking with God. I'm a child of the King. I will not allow somebody else to define me. But this is the word they brought back. And now listen, because they had fellowship with the storm, they brought the false message of the storm back to the people. And I want you to listen to what they said. This is so bad. They said, we are not able. Those are the four deadliest words in the English language. What does the Bible say? I can do all things. I can do. I can do. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But what did they say? We're not able. We're not able to go against this people, for they are stronger than we. That was the message of the storm. But Joshua and Caleb had not fellowship with the storm. They were instead fellowshipping and agreeing with the promises of God and the God of the promises. And so they brought back a message of faith. I love what they said. Don't fear them. Can we say together, don't fear the enemy? Say, don't fear the storm. Now, look what they went on to say. The Lord is with us, I'll tell you. Let Jesus tell me He's with me and I can run through any troop. I can leap over a wall. I can go through any valley. I can climb any mountain. I can pass through any burning, fiery oven. I'll go up against a thousand devils if Jesus is with me. If Jesus is with me. The Lord is with us. I love this next part. They shall be food for our consumption. We're going to eat them alive. Their protection, I like this, their protection has departed from them. 
the protection that might have been on the enemy, it's gone. They're saying, the Lord is with us. We've got protection. But the protection on the enemy is gone. We're going to take them. We're going to defeat them. And that wasn't the message of the storm. That was the message of the promise. That was the message of God. Tragically, the people listened to the ten men who were fellowshipping with their storm. And the whole nation lost its destiny. Remember Job's wife? Here's Job. Job is under it. Everything has gone wrong. The only thing that hadn't happened is he hadn't lost his life. But watch this. He hadn't lost his life, but everything else. He lost his kids, his house, his reputation, his health, and his wife comes up to him. And his wife said, curse God and die. You know what that was? That was the message of the storm. That's what the devil wanted to say to Job. And his wife not thinking about it. I know she was under it too, but she picked up on the message of the storm instead of the message of God. If she had been listening to God, she would have said, Honey, I know this is bad, but we are going to get through to the other side, and God's going to double bless us for what we've been through. If she had been listening to God. And you know what he said to her? You're talking like a foolish woman. Don't talk to me out of the storm. Talk to me out of the promises of God. Is anybody hearing me today? So many of you... You're driving down the highway. You're fellowshipping with your storm. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Everything's going wrong. All these things are against me. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. And, yep, there's no doubt about it. I'm going down for the last time. And you're sitting there agreeing with the voice of your storm. Stop it. This is spiritual warfare we're in. In Elisha's day, the king of the Syrians sent a huge troop of soldiers to capture Elisha. He was sick of Elisha, always giving away what he was going to do. So he sent a huge troop. Listen to what it says. He, the Syrian king, dispatched horses and chariots, an impressive fighting force, and they came by night and surrounded the city. Bad. There was Elisha and his servant. That's it, Gehazi. Two men, Elisha and Gehazi. And then you've got a huge Syrian army surrounding you. The dark, stormy cloud of enemy troops vastly outnumbering Elisha and his one lone servant were speaking to them, saying to them, this is it. You're going down. I've got you. I found you. I'm going to take you captive and I'm taking you out, Elisha. That would have been the message of the storm. Early in the morning, the servant of Elisha got up and went out. And behold, horses and chariots were surrounding the city. And the young man exclaimed, O master, what shall we do? That's an echo of Lord, save us. We perish. I love Elisha. Elisha's servant was listening to the storm, but Elisha was listening to God. Look at what he prayed for him. He said, don't worry about it. Can we try that today? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He said, but Jeff, if you knew my stuff, you'd be worrying. No, don't worry about it. Listen, I was raised in a family of worriers. I had an aunt that if you didn't want to worry about it, you could call her in New York and she'd worry about it for you. <laughs> Seriously. She was a terrible worrier. Anytime you talk to her, she just, oh, this and oh, that, and playing the violin, I stayed away. I just prayed for her. Now, he said, don't worry about it. There is more on our side than on their side. Then Elisha prayed, God, open his eyes and let him see what I see. Yeah. 
And the eyes of the young man were opened, and what did he see? A wonder. The whole mountainside was full of horses and chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They were seeing angels surrounding the man of God. And you know what he did? He said, Lord, take care of this army that has come against me. And God struck them all with blindness, and he led all of them into captivity. The servant was fellowshipping with the storm, but Elisha was fellowshipping with God and with the Word of God. What are you doing today? Are you listening to your storm or are you listening to God? Has your storm got you down? Has your storm got you intimidated? Has your storm got you full of fear? I came today to preach that off of you. That's not what God wants for you. He has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And you're going through. You're not going down. You're going through. You're not going down in defeat. You're going through in victory. You're going to get to the other side because he's in your boat. So the last thing I want to just note here is that what we fellowship with is a choice we make in the storms of life. If you fellowship with the storm, you position yourself for defeat because the storm is always going to talk you down. It's always going to talk you out. It's always going to defeat you with its threats. But if you fellowship with Jesus, he's always going to tell you something that buoys your faith. A word, an anchor in the storm. An old sea captain once said, during the fiercest storms, the only way a ship can survive is to keep its nose pointed straight into the wind. And then he explained why. If you try to turn to the left or to the right, the ship may capsize because of the wind. If you try to run from the wind, the waves can surge over the stern. The only way through is into it. Run towards the roar. Point your faith towards God. Because the same principle works in the storms of life for every believer here. Whenever you're in a storm, don't turn away from God. I know so many people, they get into a bad storm and they say, you know, I don't know why God let this happen. I'm out of here. And they run from God. The only problem is whenever you arrive where you're running to, He's there waiting for you. Instead, you go through a storm by pointing your faith straight toward Him and seek His face. When David was afraid... He said, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. He pointed his faith toward God. When he was disquieted, when his soul was troubled, he said, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted and troubled within me? Hope thou in God. There he goes, pointing his faith towards God. Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him. He's going to come through for me. He's not going to leave me in this. I will yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. So when he was disquieted, he turned his faith toward God. When he was afraid, he turned his faith toward God. When he was in trouble, he said, In the day of my trouble, I will call upon you, for you will answer me. In every situation, fear, trouble, disquieted, he turned his faith, pointed his faith toward God. The Bible reveals that the disciples learned their lessons well, and I love this. In our text, they're panicking. Peter crying out, we're perishing, totally freaking out in the storm. Jesus sleeping peacefully in the storm, 
in the stern of the ship. But later, we find a different Simon Peter. He's been arrested. The apostle James has already been killed by a sword at Herod's order. Persecution is storming the church. And now Peter's in a dungeon holding cell, awaiting the next day where he very likely too is going to be killed. That's what the storm is saying. The storm is saying, you're done. James is done. You're next. That's the message of the storm. The night before Herod was to bring him to trial, it says Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. Picture that. But look at him. What's he doing? Is he going, oh, no, oh, no. How did I get into this? I shouldn't have preached so hard. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. How am I going to ever get out of this? How will I survive this? I'm going down. This is it for me. Oh, no, Lord, help me. Is that what he's doing? He's sleeping. And he didn't have Excedrin PM. He didn't have NyQuil. He didn't have Valium. He didn't have anything. Listen, he's asleep in the storm, just like his master. Simon Peter, I'm so glad you're so real in the Bible. I'm so glad it shows us your denial, your mistakes, your frailties, because now I see that God worked on that man and worked on that man, and the one that freaked out years before in a storm is now asleep. Two guards on either side, asleep in the storm, just like his master. You know why he was asleep in the storm? Because he wasn't fellowshipping with the storm. He was fellowshipping with Jesus. What are you listening to today? The voice of your storm or the voice of your Lord? I can't tell you how many times I've gotten my eyes off of the Lord and began to sink in my circumstances. But then as soon as I got my focus back onto the Word of God and the God of the Word, I was strengthened even in the storm. Thank God for the verse, looking unto Jesus. What a great focus verse that is. And I pray that you too will be strengthened as you look to the Lord right now in the middle of your storm. You will find that it makes all the difference. Now be sure to stay tuned to our announcer. He has some important information for you regarding an exciting offer for our Life Talk listeners. And be sure to join me again next time for another encouraging message from our life-changing series, Anchored Steadfast in the Storms. Until then, I pray God's rich blessings be yours. you can bring Pastor Jeff Wickwire and Life Talk right into your home, your car, or wherever you may be to lead you on the exciting journey of building up your Christian walk in faith, hope, and love. For a gift of any size to Life Talk, Pastor Jeff will send you a CD collection of some of his most anointed and inspiring teaching series. These CDs will strengthen your faith and build your understanding of what Christ Jesus did for you at the cross. You will begin to understand just how much our Heavenly Father loves you and the whole world. 
So call now, toll free, 877-884-3111. Or just log on anytime, day or night to lifetalk.tv. Listen to Pastor Jeff's hope-filled CDs again and again. Or give them to family members or friends as a gift. Don't wait. Call 877-884-3111 right now or log on anytime to lifetalk.tv and give your best gift today. The focus in your storm is the third message of Pastor Jeff's series, Anchored. You can own a copy of this four CD set for just $20 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Anchored, for only $20 plus shipping by logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast. Music.